Good morning and thanks for joining me here for the conclusion of the message that was started last week on the topic, Giving God Your Best. Last week we stated that it was always God's desire from the very beginning to have relationship with man. And we see that principle as early as the Garden of Eden when God would come and walk with Adam in the cool of the evenings. But we also saw this principle when God decided that he would dwell among the Israelites in the tabernacle as they traveled throughout the wilderness. But there was one stipulation put in place. God would provide the instructions to build his dwelling place and the Israelites had to build it exactly to his specifications. We also said that in God's plan for the tabernacle, he chose the best materials that were available at the time. He required thousands of pounds of gold, silver, and bronze, in addition to using the best wood that was available. They used the most prized gemstones, and even their linens were of the highest quality, all because God deserved nothing but the best of what they had. We ended last week's teaching by showing how the arrival of Jesus Christ changed things and through his death, burial, and resurrection, and the fulfillment of the promise of the Holy Spirit, God now dwells in our heart, and just as the children of Israel were under obligation to use the very best materials they had for God, we are under obligation to give God our very best as well. So, the next logical question is then, how do we give God our best? Obviously, God doesn't require of us gold, silver, fine fabrics, and gemstones. And if that's the case, then what does he require? Well, we can actually see that there was a shift in thought that took place even before the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in the lives of man. As a matter of fact, this shift happened when David, under great conviction, felt it was unacceptable that he was living in a palace while the presence of God was still in a tent. See, God had fulfilled his promises to Israel and given them the promised land, and they were now living in a time of peace. Because of this, David wanted to transition from the temporary structure designed to be moved around to a permanent structure for God's presence to dwell among Israel. But God would not allow David to build it, and instead he told him that his son Solomon would have that responsibility. And this is where God set the new standard for his presence to remain among the children of Israel. So if we go into 1 Kings chapter 6, verses 11-14, through 14, we come to the portion of Scripture where Solomon was ready to build the temple. And it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Solomon, saying, Concerning this house which you are building, if you will walk in my statutes and execute my commandments and keep all my commandments by walking in them, then I will carry out my word with you, which I spoke to David your father. I will dwell among the sons of Israel and will not forsake my people Israel. So Solomon built the house and finished it. God promised that his eternal presence would never leave the temple as long as one condition was met. The Israelites had to obey God's law. God said, execute my ordinances, keep my commandments, and walk in them. God promised that his eternal presence would never leave the temple as long as one condition was met. The Israelites had to obey God's law. God said, execute my ordinances, keep my commandments, and walk in them. Then is the key word. That is the key word. He says, then I will dwell among you. Then I will not forsake you. Then. 
The then comes after the call to be obedient. So if God was to reside in this temple among his people in this supposed permanent dwelling place, the requirement for that to happen would be their obedience to God's law. So how Israel would give God their best back then is the same way we give God our best today, through our obedience. Obedience is how we give God our best. Be reminded that in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, it says, Do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, who you have received from God? You are not your own. If you accepted the call of God on your life and are now a follower of Jesus Christ, then his spirit, the spirit of God, dwells in you and you are the temple of the Most High God. You are not your own. You are God's and God deserves the best. God deserves your obedience. Let me ask you a question. When is the last time you gave something your best? When is the last time you dedicated yourself fully to something that you wanted to achieve or something that you felt was important? The reality is, is that most people just do enough to get by and often don't give their best. For example, when was the last time you moved the couch when you were sweeping your front room? Six months ago? A year maybe? Or maybe you cleaned the dishes, but never the entire kitchen, neglecting to clean the stove or wipe down the counters. Still to this day, I have memories of my childhood where my dad would show me over and over and over the right way to clean the kitchen, wash the dishes, clean the microwave, wipe the counters, clean the stove, lay the towel out properly over the zinc, put the drain plugs and dishwashing liquid under the cupboard, sweep the floor. All he wanted me to do was understand that if I was going to do it, that I should give it my best. And that principle is true in our relationship with God as well. We should have a heart that is inclined to give God our best through our obedience. It's through our obedience that we experience intimacy in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus made this so simple as he was teaching his disciples in John chapter 14, verses 23 to 24. Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my word, and my Father will love him, and he will come to him and take up residence with him. The person who does not love me does not obey my words. Jesus makes it so simple. The things that we often overcomplicate, Jesus made so simple. He says, if you love me, obey me. Jesus said, if you love me, obey me. This was Jesus' call for people to give him their best. We give God our best when we make a decision to obey him. Obey him because we love him. The apostle James writes in James chapter 4 verse 7, Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Summary, obey God. When we resist the devil, we obey God. We make a choice 
not to go after the desires and the things that the devil would be leading us into, but instead pursue after God. We flee the devil, kind of just like how Joseph fleed from Potiphar's house when his wife was trying to get him to have relations with her. We flee with everything that we have, using everything we have in our power to do so. We flee. We don't stay in the situations that cause us and lead us to disobey God. We run from them. We turn our back and we run from them. Paul writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2 verses 19b reminds him that everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from evil. What is this saying? It's a call to obedience. You cannot say that you name the name of the Lord and don't turn away from evil because what we do is the evidence of what we believe. We can't say that we believe in Jesus Christ, but then our whole entire life is still marked and identified by doing things that are contradictory to the word of God. If we say we love him, then we should obey him. Romans 8 verses 11 through 14 says, But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So then, brethren, we are under obligation not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Once again, let me give you a one-word translation for that whole entire passage of Scripture. It's obedience. But if you live by the Spirit, you are putting to death the deeds of the body. You will live. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. If we are being led by God, we are being obedient to Him. This scripture is saying that we don't really have any options in the matter. If you are being led by the Spirit of God and your life reflects this, then you are a son of God. This is how we give God our best. But we also give God our best by teaching others to give God their best. We read Matthew chapter 28 verses 19 through 20 that says, which says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. It's not simply enough for us to give God our best. We must encourage and teach others to do the same. Jesus said that we must teach them to obey. Translation, we must teach them to give God their best. The more people that are taught to obey, taught to give God their best, the greater impact we will have as the church of Jesus Christ. And the final thing I would like to share about giving God our best is that giving God our best results in blessings. Luke chapter 11 verses 28 says, But he said, Yea, rather, 
Blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Translation, obedience. Blessed are they that hear the word of God and obey it. What an amazing God we have come to know and believe in. He is so loving and so gracious and so kind that when we make a personal decision to give him our best through obedience, he blesses us for it. When we decide that we will obey him and not take for granted this great salvation that was freely offered to us, he blesses us for it. When we obey because we understand that God gave us the best sacrifice he could possibly give as the payment for our sins, he blesses us. What can be better than the blessing of God in our lives if we would simply obey? If we would just give God our best, then not only will we experience his abundant blessing in our life, but we will also experience intimacy with God in ways that we never have before. Father God, I thank you for what we have learned in your word. I thank you, Lord God, that you want and desire fellowship with us. God, help us to always remember that how we give you our best is through obedience to you. Help us, Lord God, to obey. Help us, Lord God, to put to death the desires of the flesh, the things that so easily beset us, the things that so easily distract us from serving you wholeheartedly, God. May you get the honor and glory. Keep us safe until we return next week. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.